The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded Drafting Edition and uh, possibly the one of the last episodes of Season 4 as we move on to Season 5 after the draft. I'm joined today by uh, two people in the same room. I think that's uh, that's a first when uh, we're this many uh, <laughs> on the pod. And it's Anton who is visiting Jared in Montreal. Yeah, if you can call it Verdun, Montreal. <laughs> it's Montreal. Okay. It's considered Montreal, yeah. It's, it's close, close enough. <laughs> well, you're closer to Montreal than I am anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> and then we have the in the new office, in his new house, Matt Drake, uh, over in the middle of nowhere, Narnia time. Yes, sir. Um, all happy here. We got Blue Jays on. Uh, I'm for, for match, and I obviously watch uh, what's going on in in London right now because it seems like a demolition derby in the uh, British uh, Parliament. <laughs> uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about anything but the draft. And I've asked the three guests, Anton, Jared, and Matt, to make their own mock drafts, and we're going to talk about the mock drafts that. Uh, these guys have had uh, and see who they have drafted at what positions. Unfortunately, though, we know that Montreal is looking to move up in the draft with their second pick, the 26th pick from Calgary. Uh, but we haven't factored that in. We have picked the uh, um, four number 26 in that case. Uh, and I have forgotten, and I'm a very bad host now, but uh, which side did we use for the mock draft, Jared? Uh, we used Draft Prospects Hockey Simulator, uh, and we used Bob McKenzie's rankings. Um, so they're all kind of standardized. Like it, it's, we know that it's probably unrealistic <laughs> that any anything that we have is going to be unrealistic, but it's fun, and that's what we're here for. We're here for fun. Yeah, and and with the pressure that is on Montreal right now, it's a pressure cooker to see uh, if we're going to have another meme with the. Uh, with the lady from from the KK draft or not, but uh, there um, might be eighteen thousand of them, depending on who they pick. Yeah, indeed, it will. And and uh, um, we, we, I have to say, the the, the Uri Slavkovsky is coming o- across as as a really funny guy with a lot of humor, and and in some ways, I want Montreal to pick him just because of that, because I would love to hear him not be media trained and continue this line of thought, because. He's, the last couple of weeks, he's just been toying with Montreal media at any given point. Uh, and congrats to him for that. He's, he's going to be a, a great addition to any team because I think all three of you have the same guy at number one match. Who do you have? David Juracek. <laughs> I've got Noah Warren. I've already said that before, all right? Yeah. I, I got Shane Wright. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, really like... Uri Slavkovsky's personality, um, really like his game. Honestly, I think he's going to be a great player in the National Hockey League. I just think, you know, like Kent Hughes said, you got to look at who's going to be the best player for you in the future, not who's the best player right now. Uri Slavkovsky is probably the better player right now. He probably steps into an NHL club and has more success right now. Is that success going to be sustained over the course of his career to the point that Shane Wright's will eventually be? That I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of people out there statistically that are projecting people into the future and saying that Shane Wright has a much better shot of reaching his ceiling than Uri uh, Slavkovsky does. So for that reason, I, I go with Shane Wright. And also, the Habs are not in the position right now to be turning down a potentially elite center. They have to take him uh, because they need centers. Well, they need at least one center. Um, I think they're going to get a few in this draft, but uh, I think the number one center that they got to get is Shane Wright. Anton, we know, we know you're from Skåne, and and obviously Marco Kasper plays there, but you have Wright on, to, on on 
your mock draft as well? I do. Uh, and it's much to the same. Uh, well, it's much the same motivation as Matt has used. And, and as we have talked about in the last couple of months, no, uh, no real shade thrown on Uri Slavkovsky. And if it indeed turns out to be him that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon picks, then I believe that they have done their research on Shane Wright and uh, the big Slovak enough and much more than we have done. And if they come out with uh, that Slavkovsky will help the team much more then I believe in them. But considering having the, uh, the history that Montreal has had during the last, well, 30 years since I was born uh, with, you know, lacking center depth, I don't think you can pass uh, pass up a, a good top six centerman, and, and then you have two choices basically it's Logan Cooley or it's Shane Wright. And Shane Wright just seems like the more poised choice. Um, and and that's why I've chosen him. I don't think he necessarily has the highest ceiling in the draft, but at first overall, I think you're going for high floor and and high ceiling, but not maybe the highest of of ceilings. But at 26 or 33, that's more when you start to gamble. Uh, Number one has to be someone who can who can help the club progress in the next couple of years. Jared. Yeah, I I went with right to look, I have time for Slavkovsky. I have time for Logan Cooley. I have time for the two defensemen who are expected to go in top five. Uh, but no, I, I think Shane Wright is the the best pick. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. But like, like Anton said, I don't think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to be swayed by two tournaments if they pick Slavkovsky. If they pick him, it's because they've done a lot of uh, intel on him and, and things like that. Um, he mentioned during the combine that they literally told him where he got hit the most on the ice. Uh, you don't do that and then pick a guy just because he had a couple of good tournaments. So uh, if, if they pick him, it's because they think he's the best player in this draft, not because they'll be swayed by a couple of tournaments like maybe some other people have been. Uh, but yeah, my, my first pick is right. Uh, we all agree. Uh, I think the, the disagreements will come in a bit. <laughs> uh, should Wright have gone to the World Cup or, or World Championships? No, I mean, I don't know how they would have sent him to the world championships. I mean, that's, that's the thing that, that irks me a little bit, right? Is there's a vast difference between the two countries. I mean, Canada had a bunch of regular NHLers that they could send to that tournament. How do you expect younger players, teenagers to really jump into that lineup? It's not like they took a bunch of teenagers. I, I don't think, I, I just, it's, it's not hockey, hockey Canada's MO in the first place, Right. Hockey Canada makes a lot of decisions based on experience. So should he have gone? I mean, I think he could have. I think he would have done very well there. But that's just not the way it works, right? Whether or not you do well somewhere is not going to guarantee you a spot. And, and I think that his, his, his playoffs with Kingston finished after the tournament had already started. So they could have added him later on. But, I mean, it's not a case even like Owen Power a year ago where his NCAA season was finished yeah a little while before um you know you want to put players in positions to succeed right just putting them on the roster and getting them ice time is not necessarily the best for their development if they are overwhelmed and not in a position to succeed and um i I, yeah i mean could would it have helped them sure so would have gone to going to the under 18s right um uh, you know that that would have maybe helped too you know but obviously he was in the playoffs um there as well and we all know why Canada uh, brings a weaker team to that tournament. It's because they're, the CHL playoffs are usually still going on. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, you can make pros and cons, but one tournament shouldn't change your opinion of either player, right? Like the, these scouts get paid a lot of money. Uh, if it was as easy as watching one tournament, anybody can do it from their living room. Indeed. And some people do. Some people do. Well, you know, so, so some of them are still out there writing about this guy's got a big body and this guy's got a tiny little body with stubby legs. So... I wonder if some of them just read the charts, like the physical charts on these guys and write their reports because some of these rankings that I've seen this year are just uh, out of left field. It's interesting and, and uh, poor mock draft. I think most people will have Shane Wright uh, on top and, and hearing the, the arguments that we've heard on, on this podcast and another podcast and read as well. I think it's kind of sure. Um, 
the interesting thing though is and, and let's go from the other way around this time who did you pick at 26 jared so i was i was lucky enough to to have one of my favorite players in this draft uh still be available and that's uh denton matechuk uh i i watched the the top prospects game uh a couple days ago just to get a read on some of these guys and he was a player that I just fell in love with his style of play. He seemed to be a, a rover. Uh, some people say that he is the kind of player who will kind of like re- revolutionize how defensemen are looked at in the NHL. I, I wouldn't go that far, but but he's just a player who I, I have a lot of time for. I really didn't want uh, another left defenseman. Uh, and I have a couple of them coming up as well. It's just how things went. Uh, but that I, I would be thrilled um if he was available at 26 and the Montreal Canadiens could take him uh I would even be thrilled if they traded up to take him uh he's number 16 in our consensus rankings I believe he was number eight by elite prospects uh so you know he was 24 in Bob McKenzie's rankings that's probably why he was available for us um but uh yeah that that was my pick at 26. Interesting and and as you say that the different rankings that is behind the the um, draft board in this case is is makes it a little bit more dicey. We don't know how teams are are acting, and we've seen teams go off the board earlier uh, before. And Montreal has benefited from it when Mark um, when Cider uh, was picked early and started a a race for any possible defender there was really. And and I think uh, someone like Roberg went a little bit early, uh, but in the end it. it Cole Caulfield fell to Montreal at that point, and that was great. Uh, Anton? Uh, yeah, so uh, with the 26th, uh, 26th pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Montreal Canadiens select Denton Matejchuk, defenseman, Moose Jaw Warriors. So, uh, yeah, as basically Jared has already gone through everything I was going to say. Um, as elite prospects write in their uh, draft guide, in their fantastic draft guide, I mean, it's a thousand pages almost. Like it's it, it's insanity what they are doing, David and uh, and Mitch and all those guys over there. But the uh, former eyes on the price guys. Exactly, yeah. that's why I'm mentioning them. You know, <laughs> shout out to the old uh, EOTP community. Uh, but Dentomachechuk, he's just all over the place. He's a real unicorn in this uh, draft as a defenseman. Um, you don't really know um, what kind of role he will end up playing maybe in the NHL if if he gets a coach. I, I was thinking like Martin San Luis feels like someone who wants players to, um, I mean, who wants players with unique qualities and, and wants to be able to develop them um, much, I think, due to or thanks to himself being such a unique flower when, when he, you know, broke through being so short as he is and, and still, you know, being such an elite goal scorer. I'm just thinking that if you get someone like Matejchuk, who, who basically can, he's an elite tr- transition man with the puck and, and he can just like, uh, he, he plays a 200 foot game, uh, which is like very rare uh, kind of, kind of playing style for a defenseman. It's just fun to see what kind of um, who you would pair him with and and uh, like uh, what he would able to uh, to do in the NHL because like yeah he 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 would be a lot of fun to uh, to watch in a Habs jersey for uh, for the next couple of years. The the question now is Matt, who did you draft? Well, um, Denton Matejchuk was the third leading scorer on the Moose Jaw Warriors, and uh, I really like him. I can't honestly disagree with anything that Jared or Anton just said about him. Love him. I really do not believe he's going to be there at 26, and unfortunately, he wasn't there for me at 26. I just hope he doesn't turn out to be another Josh Brook if he is there at 26 and the Habs end up taking him. Um, Josh Brook, of course, being a defenseman from the Moose Jaw Warriors, who I was very high on, who has not worked out for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, who did I take with the 26 pick being that Denton Matejchuk was off the board? I took the leading scorer from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Jagger Furkus. Jagger Furkus, shifty winger. Um, he fills a need for the Montreal Canadiens on right wing. Maybe not immediately, but I think if you go center with the first pick, um, if there's not a potential for an elite defenseman at 26, 
I think you go with a winger. And I think Jagger Fergus is one of the best picks that you can make there. I was super impressed by him at the top prospects game in the CHL. He was arguably the best player on the ice, not named Shane Wright. Shane Wright was, to me, the best player in that game. He also won player of the game, if I'm not mistaken. But Jagger Fergus was a very close second. He impressed a lot of people. I think he pushed himself up on draft boards. Um, I think the size concerns are way blown out of proportion when it comes to him. He's a little bit light, but let's face it, teenagers are all a little bit light, except for the ones that are just blessed with ridiculous physical abilities. He's going to fill into his frame, and he's going to be able to contribute on an NHL team. I like him a lot, and uh, you know, for me, he was the best player available when 26 came up in the mock draft, so that's where I took him. Interesting, and, and uh, I can see that logic that, that you explain, and it's really really interesting and because this is we know with it that there are a couple of options with this pick either montreal trade up for it uh, uh, with it uh, or uh, they they hope to that because there are some really interesting players at this level that you can grab and and one of them will be there so so it's interesting and then obviously uh with pick 33 more or less uh, a couple of picks later uh, you had the chance to pick another one Matt I did and you know what I I went center again I went with Owen Beck uh, he's still on the mm -hmm. board there I actually liked Owen Beck's teammate Luca Del Belbelu's a little bit better but he got sniped in my, my mock draft so I couldn't take him um, but Owen Beck projects as basically a, a similar player to Shane Wright uh, high motor he's all over the place all the time, very good defensively. Uh, offensive numbers aren't quite there, but this was on a Mississauga team where offensive numbers weren't quite there for pretty much everybody. So I'm not concerned about the lack of offense. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he projects as potentially a top nine center at the NHL level, and he has the versatility where, uh, due to his hockey sense, you could put him on the wing as well, and he'd be fine. In fact, I think there's a shot that you know his best projection in the NHL might end up being at wing. I know we don't like hearing about moving centermen over to the wing in Montreal. We've got some uh, PTSD about that uh, over many years, but I think for him that could end up being a home. But at the end of the day, uh, I felt like he was the best player available. I really think that he projects super well at the next level. I absolutely believe he's going to be an NHL player. And I think they'll be lucky if he makes it to 33, because I don't think that he will. I very much believe that him and Luca Del Belbeluz will be gone before the 33rd pick. But if one of them is there, um, and it is Owen Beck, then I would take him. Jared? Yeah, I, I went with Beck as well. <laughs> um, I, this is really Beck, interesting. I, I, it, I can it, hear it, that. It, it's, funny, it's funny because um, Matt mentioned moving him to wing, and at least it's a little bit more palatable when it's the 33rd overall pick and not the third overall pick. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but I, I have a lot of time for Beck. I wrote his profile. Um, I see him really as a, as a Shane Wright light. Uh, so, I mean, if you have Nick Suzuki, Shane Wright, and Owen Beck down the middle, I mean, you're laughing, right? It's just, I just think that that's a, a really good group to, to build around. And, and I think that, you know, even getting a guy like Beck at 33 would make taking Slavkovsky a little bit more palatable at number one, too. So, I mean, obviously... You can't think that way because there's no the guarantee. Balls. Yeah. Just expecting yeah. <laughs> him to be there at 33. No, exactly. You can't you can't plan it that way. But if it works out that way, um, yeah, obviously it's great. But yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of time for Beck. I, I don't think he makes it past 31. He just screams Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. To me. Um yeah. I, I you know, he, Owen Beck is the type of player who in four years you'll see him in the Stanley Cup final playing for the Lightning. And you'll be like, how did that guy make it to 31? How did he always get away with this? Um, and yeah, that's, that's just how Owen Beck looks. So good teams need players like Owen Beck. Um, and yeah, if he's there at 33, if he's still there at 33, I think that the Montreal Canadiens can get a, a really good amount of picks for him, for that pick. Because I think there'll be a lot of teams that'll be interested in moving into that pick. So it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I went back as well. And Anton, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that none of you chose uh, the local boy, Nathan Gauthier, just to uh, get some size, you know, for, for the team. Uh, uh, apparently, the Canadians are way too small, and that's why they're picking first of all. <laughs> um, so, uh, with that in mind, with a 33rd overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft, the Montreal Canadiens select Jagger Furcus, winger from Moose Jaw Warriors. 
So we're just basically doing a grand slam of Moose Jaw this year. Uh, Jagger Fergus was available at 33. I doubt that he will be available there uh, in real life, but I mean, he was in my mock draft. So, so yay me. Um, he is listed at elite prospects at 154 pounds, which is basically, th- that is basically why he's not the top 15 candidate uh, in this draft. Um, but, you know, he's 5'10". It's not like he's a 5'6 player or something. Um, and he's a scorer. He's a natural scorer. And, and the Canadians need more scoring depth. Uh, if there is one thing the Canadians have in their prospect uh, pool, it is depth. I mean, they have a lot of players who can be, you know, third line, fourth line, or third pairing defensemen or backup goalies. You know, that there is a lot of depth in the Canadians' um, depth chart. Thanks to what Timmons and and uh, Bergman did in their last few years, just filled up with picks, but we miss a few, you know, possible home um, home run players. We, we have Sean Farrell coming up, we have Joshua Gua coming up, but we still don't know, and we need more of those kind of players. And I think Jagger Furk is is kind of like Matejuk. It's it's a swing and, you know, it's a possible home run hit. It can also not work out at all. Maybe he's just not willing to, you know, gain the necessary pounds or maybe like he's mostly also a one season player. He has developed rapidly during this year. That could also be during, you know, due to COVID and all that happened there. But I'm just thinking, let's put him on the Ben Barch smoothie diet with grits and eggs and Gatorade and bananas and peanut butter. And, and, you know, he'll be up to 250 pounds in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I mean, there's, there's been some scouts that I've seen say things like, oh, I think this kid is done maturing physically. And they've said it not just about Jagger Frickers, but about other players as well. It's like, you know, these are teenagers. You not only have never done any kind of physical activity, you have no rudimentary understanding of how physical development works. Because as a teenager, you know, you pick up a set of weights, you just look at the weights long enough, you're going to start gaining some mass. I mean, if he starts working out with professional trainers, he's going to be a buck 75 by the time the season rolls around. I mean, it's, it's and especially like- some people are worried about his weight. Yeah, but especially like NFL players get drafted when they're like 21, 22, 23. Yeah. And I mean, most of those players, like offensive linemen, don't come into college weighing 300 pounds. They no. come into college maybe, you know, weighing 200 pounds and then they just gain, gain, gain. So uh, to say that these 17 year olds are fully grown in every way is just bizarre. Yeah. I, I know yeah. all about, I, I know all about leaving college at 300 pounds. Um, <laughs> Um, that was, um, I, I like Jagger Furkis as the only one who didn't take him. Um, I just liked the other players more. They, they kind of filled what I did more, but um, no, I, I like Jagger Furkis a lot. Um, I, you know, we all agreed, I think, uh, with the 26th pick in the EOTP SB Nation mock draft, he would be the pick. So as the one person who didn't pick him, I have lots of time for Jagger Furkis too. There, there's a lot of fun players in this draft. Um, I, I have to say also, I remember this when we were talking about building up muscle and stuff and <laughs> Um, Rasmus Dahlin said he was late into puberty, so he couldn't build up muscle the same way as maybe others did around him. Mm. And, and you know, as you mentioned, it, puberty hits differently and, and uh, com- comes at different age groups, uh, age levels as well. So it, it makes sense that people, um, they, they will grow into a bigger body sooner rather than later at that age, even if they haven't really done it yet. So, so it's not to slag anyone off or, or, you know, you have to consider a little bit what, what you say as well. Like what, where do they project in three years time, four years time over their career? Because there will be differences from, from the draft year to the next year, even in, in yeah, size. Sure. And speaking of, of growing, I just love the, um, the guts of Lane Hudson who brought a doctor letter saying that he wasn't done growing and he could still grow. But that's just, that's just like boss move. Like, I don't care if you're 5'10 or 6'5". That, that is a boss move to bring into a, uh, a draft interview. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just cool stuff. I want to add to that, that um, apparently Uri Slavkovsky's family is really, really tall and he's 6'4 at the moment. So apparently there are some doubts about him potentially grow- well there, there there is the possibility that he grows to be like six seven or something and that would be unheard of seeing a six seven 250 pound winger <laughs> yeah uh, I, I was thinking you were going to say something like nba teams are looking to draft him but okay 
yeah, yeah, pro- pro- possibly and probably, and also NFL teams. They could probably be drafted by all three leagues. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is that um, it was Owen Pickering who grew like seven inches in the last like 10 months or something. Um, I, re- I remember seeing something like that. And, and that's why his skating is so awkward because his body just had, couldn't adjust to being so much How taller than he was. was he, last he was like, five, he was like five, nine or. So now he's six, 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 four. Six, okay. Four, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, insane stuff. But yeah, that's uh, he was seen as like a C prospect coming into the year, and now he's like a first round pick. Anyway, we're, we have a lot of players to talk about. I'm not going to talk about in, players. In, in order to to remember someone that we lost this year to Colorado Avalanche that has hoisted the cup, uh, the, we have the 62 pick of the draft as well. And uh, Arthur Lekonen is obviously not going to be there. But uh, who is the Arthur Lekonen in this year's draft for for each and every one of you? Uh, for me, uh, I would I I I don't think he's going to be around at pick sixty two in in real life, but whatever. This is a mock draft; you never know. Uh, I picked uh, Gleb Klikozov, uh, and he's a guy that if you look at some prospect rankings, he shoots right up with them. Uh, he's just super raw uh, playmaker. There are question marks about effort and consistency and things like that, but look, you're picking sixty second. Uh, you get a guy who's in the consensus rankings at 34, skilled. He's the third center that I'm picking in this draft. I don't have any right defenseman yet. I don't care. Uh, I, I just I, I saw him available and I had to take him. Uh, it's just you know it's one of those players when you look at a draft board and you have your list and then you see somebody that's there that you don't expect to be there. I probably like the Canadians and Cole Caulfield where you're just like screw size like we just have to take this guy. Uh, that's how I feel about Gleb Tikozov and. I, you know, he's getting first round buzz. Um, I don't know if he'll be there at the end of round two, uh, but uh, in my Russian case, he factor. was. Yeah, Russian factor. Yeah, maybe he is going to be there at 62. So, uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's my pick. And look, you don't, you don't pick in the second round to, to get singles. You go to pick home runs, right? And, and that's what I'm doing here at Trikotov. And, and let's face it as well. You mentioned the Russian factor. We don't know what's going on with all the Russian players right now and army service, etc. cetera. Uh, but he will still take another couple of years to, to really grow into. And, and with the contract situation that I'm not, I don't know on top of my head either, uh, that there will be a long time more, most likely that, before he can come over anyway. So it's worth taking a shot on some of these Russians, maybe especially due to falling due to Russian factor. And especially the Montreal Canadiens have a lot of draft picks and a lot of prospects to sign. If you can wait two, three years to sign somebody, um, it's probably better off. That's why they've, they've gone for so many US players as well, right? Because you have four years to sign them. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a factor as well. You can use it to your advantage. Anton, who did you pick? So with the uh, 62nd pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Montreal Canadiens select from the Amagard Omsk system in Russia, Gleb Trikosov. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, I know people are listening to this. We did not look at our picks until literally we're doing this on the podcast. So we're doing this live. It's live reaction. Um, Just to make it more fun for, for us as well. Um, yeah, uh, Trikosov was available. He, um, as Jared said, he was the 34th player on the consensus ranking, and uh, he's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's born in August 2004. He's still raw as a playmaker. He's raw as a player. He played in the MHL this year, the Russian Junior League, and did very well both in the playoffs and in regular season. Especially, he started off a little slow, and then he uh, he he got better uh, once the you know once he got into it. And uh, as Jared said, uh, brilliantly, uh, it's just uh, you're, you're looking for a, for a home run hit with a 62nd overall pick. And yeah, now basically I've picked uh, Trikosov, I've picked Big Wright, Ferkus, and Matejuk. It's four offensive players, one defenseman and three possible centermen. But I think both Ferkus and Trikosov may end up being wingers in the NHL. But smart players um, who can provide offense for, for, uh, for the team going forward. And it just feels like if, even if they don't turn up on a Canadian's roster, they still have value because the potential is there. It's not just someone who will end up being a third or fourth liner. Um, it's, you know, go, go hard or go home. 
Matt, are, are we making the trifecta here? Or, or I know um, you're, you're, you're not really sure about these Europeans. We are not making the trifecta here. Um, so with the 62nd overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft, the Montreal Canadiens are going to select from Il Bizarre Quebec, Jordan Zumet. The home run of the draft. And I'm going to say that now, and I've said it over and over and over again throughout the course of this season. I reached for him a little bit. I don't think they're going to need to pick him that high. But when I was doing my mock draft, like I said at 33, I wanted to get Luca Delbel Belouz, and he got sniped from me. So I said, you know what? I'm not getting sniped again. I'm taking Jordan Zuma at number 62. I legitimately believe that he has a better chance of anybody outside of the top five of being the best player in this entire draft. He has legitimate superstar potential. This kid has elite hockey sense, elite passing, elite vision, uh, not an elite shot, but definitely above average skating is one of the issues that they have with him because he's got a bit of a short stride. And if he was able to extend that a little bit more, he'd be able to get a little bit faster and be able to get around some of the defensemen in the NHL. Um, but I think it's blown out of proportion. It's blown out of proportion for one reason and one reason only. He's five foot nine and 165 pounds. He's a small kid. But this kid, small as he may be, scored 109 points in the QMJHL this season, 39 goals. He was tied for first in the entire league in assists. This kid is legit. I legitimately believe that he will become a star in the NHL. And as long as his development goes well with the Montreal Canadiens putting an increased focus on actually developing the players that they draft, I, I believe in this kid more than I've believed in anybody for quite some time. So I pray that they get Jordan Zuma. I don't think they'll have to do it at 62 like I did, but it's a pick. You have to get this kid. Interesting, because you could have waited just a couple of more uh, draft picks and got him at 66 probably, but but, but uh, what if someone takes him at 63, man? Yeah. I got sniped. I got sniped on Luca Del Belbelouz in my mock draft at 32, <laughs> and then I pick at 33 and I take Owen back, which I'm happy with. But you know what? If I get sniped on Jordan Zuma or if the Habs get sniped on Jordan Zuma one or two picks before they pick, I'm Matt, never going to forgive him. Matt, that's how you lose drafts. Was it Mike after after the Alexander Romanov pick? He's like. Why wait if you like a player? Um, so by that logic, but that that's uh, like the yeah. New England Patriots don't, or some other don't, teams. Don't be comparing me with with Nadjavin. I don't want to be in the same boat as him. <laughs> we're we're, well, we're all kind of there, happy so with luck. the Romano pick now, anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, who, who gave that pick an F? I don't, I don't know. know. Some <laughs> idiot in Sweden, probably. <laughs> Uh, I, I kid around, you know that. I know, and I can I can take it. Uh, <laughs> we have the six to six pick coming up, and uh, let's try to 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 do it a little faster. I think yeah. the listeners are already tired of hearing us talk all the time. Uh, at yeah. least keeping to the subject this time, which is not always <laughs> the case with our podcast. So yeah, you Matt, want a draft podcast? This is a draft podcast. Like it or lump it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt, uh, six to six. Uh, Yes, 66. I picked uh, Julian Lutz, um, the German player. He was available. Um, yeah, he was. I was surprised too. Um, consensus uh, 44. Um, look, at this point, you're, you're drafting for talent, and he was just too high on my board to, to let go. So uh, that's who I picked. Anton? I took. Yeah, should I, I go? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, with the 66, 66th overall pick, uh, the Montreal Canadiens select from the U.S. National Development Program, Devin Kaplan, uh, a winger uh, who uh, may not look very impressive on paper, but if you look at his underlying stats, um, and I go very much for, for from like what Mitch Brown has uh, tracked here, um, he's actually been a huge factor. And uh, it, he's not one of those elite guys like Frank uh, Nazar or Logan Cooley, but you know, once you get past those elite guys, uh, Devin Kaplan could be a really good pickup as a, as a you know, potential middle six winger of the future in the beginning of the third round. And yeah, you know what? Great minds think alike because I also got Kaplan at uh, 66 overall. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Anton's uh, little <laughs> How much does there. it matter that the U.S. national team development program has come across really strong the last couple of years? Does, did that factor in, or, or was it just Mitch? I Look, I think that the fact that their program has been so strong is, is a big part of why people are looking at the players coming out of there. I mean, the Habs have had success drafting out of there. 
Um, look at Cole Caulfield, right? It didn't go well at the very start with them in the Shaum, but obviously you get Marty St. Louis in there and all of, uh, all of a sudden you see a big difference in this game. I think they got a great program over there and I think you're going to continue to see people coming out of that program. It definitely made a difference for me when I saw Kaplan sitting there at 66. I was like, yeah, I'll take him. At number 75 then, Matt? 75, I got Hunter Height. And Hunter Height is a player that, uh, Hunter Height is a player for many that's actually ranked uh, potentially to go in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm going to double check this before I quote myself on it. But Hunter Height's top ranking, uh, he's from the Barry Colts, by the way, is number 34 by EliteProspects.com. Uh, he's another centerman. Um, I, I went a little bit center heavy in this draft because I see some players that I think you can convert to wingers. And also I think, you know, trade value wise centers will have a lot moving forward. Uh, had only 41 points in 63 games this season, but Barry was not a very great team overall. Uh, he was impressive in the playoffs to me. And uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, I just, I didn't expect him to be sitting on the board at that point. I figured he would be gone by the early second round. And uh, when he was still there, I was like, sure, I'll grab him. Jared? Yeah. Um, just before I start, I have a lot of time for Devin Kaplan. He was 65th in, in the mock draft, so he wasn't available for me at 66. But I just watched the, uh, the under-18 gold medal game. Uh, he had a great assist and a couple of breakaways in that game. I have a lot of time for Devin Kaplan. He's, he's a good player. Um, uh, my pick at 75 was uh, Simon Forsmark, uh, defenseman, six foot two. Uh, 194 pounds out of Sweden, and uh, I just wanted Patrick had to have something to do in the EPR. <laughs> well, we'll see if that happens. Uh, <laughs> he was 60th in the consensus ranking, so um, I got value there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that you know, look, um, value is what I'm going for. I, I'm going for somebody who I wasn't expecting to be there, was ranked a little bit higher, so. Uh, that's my picture. And it's Anton that has the connection within Örebro. Uh, I don't. I, I, I we we separated yeah, exactly. our, our uh, uh, connections a little bit. You know, I I, I go to Christmas with uh, I celebrate Christmas with their coach Niklas Eriksson every year. So I'm kidding. I have <laughs> interviewed him once for five minutes. That's my connection. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, who did you pick then, Anton? Yeah, it it wasn't forced, Mark, because um, yeah, especially reading like uh, was it elite prospects or wrote something kind of uh, fun in their draft guide about him. I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> Did they say that he everything sounds good, but he has one butt that would make uh, <laughs> Sir Sir a lot uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, proud? But yeah, no, he can't skate. That's yeah. that's all <laughs> yeah. the right? um, Yeah, I, I I picked him regardless, but whatever. I'll yeah. take I'll take my claims, my chances. Uh, I also, well, I mean, the problem is here, he's European, the, the player I chose, 75th overall, but he already plays for Ottawa, 67. So, uh, Pat, you won't get any uh, anything to do here either. But he's really, really young. He's born in September 2004, uh, one of those guys that almost made it to the 2023 draft. His name is Vincent Rohrer, and, uh, you know, that sounds like a hockey player already, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, an Austrian I'd love phenom. to hear the American commentary get that name right. Yeah, yeah. Rohrer! <laughs> uh, he had 48 points uh, um, during the regular season for Ottawa, this season in the OHL. Um, and uh, he, uh, he is just 168 pounds, so he's not uh, the biggest either. But, uh, you know, he plays a physical game much bigger than his size. And if, if he can just bulk up and, and you know, um, you know, keeping steady uh, on his skates, he could be an interesting, um, you know, um, interesting pick. He's also uh, listed as a winger. So I'm guessing I'm going for a lot of players who <laughs> play winger. But since the Habs want to trade Josh Anderson, they're going to need <laughs> someone to replace him. And it may, may just be a 168-pound Austrian. Anytime you can get a prospect to, if he was born a week later, would be in the next draft. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of growth potential there, for sure. Indeed, that it's it's. Um, I know uh, there are people in our comments, especially that points that out. That uh, when in doubt, take the take the youngest guy in the draft and see him blossom. Uh, I think it's a smart approach when, you, especially when you come into the third, fourth round, uh, to to maybe use that kind of thinking a little bit. Uh, we got Carolina Hurricanes. I remember Hurricanes. you saying that about the, was it Jan Yenik? Yeah. Um, 
of a couple of years ago. Um, I forget what year, but I remember you really beating that drum uh, for him uh, in his draft year. Yeah, and and uh, he's worked out well for Arizona, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, he will be a stud, I think, uh, down the line. Uh, Carolina's uh, pick at ninety-two overall, uh, Jared. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, Matt already talked about him. <laughs> uh, he picked him at sixty-two. Uh, I was able to get him at ninety-two, and that's Jordan Dumais. Um Yeah, no need to go on anymore about that. That's that was my pick at ninety-two. Uh, Anton, do you have the same player here? I don't. Uh, <laughs> with the ninety-second pick in the twenty-twenty-two uh, NHL draft. The Habs go back to the uh, Russian well, and due to the Russian factor, um, I have selected uh, CSKA Moscow defenseman Vladimir Grudinin, who uh, in Elite Prospects draft ranking is listed as number 31. So uh, to get him at 92 felt like quite a steal. And he's also left-handed, just like Matejchuk. And yeah, there is no right-handed defenseman available when I'm picking, apparently. Uh, so it's just right-wingers and left-handed defensemen. But um, Grudini skates really well. He's also one of those guys that needs to uh, gain a few pounds. But, I mean, he's 18. Uh, he's listed at 159 pounds at the moment. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he's a smooth-skating defenseman with some puck handling and hockey sense. And uh, you could do a lot worse with a late third-round pick. And while not being maybe the best facility for development in Russia, uh, it still speaks volumes playing for Seska at that time. Yeah, and he's already played in the KHL as well, Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Uh, we got our own pick at 98. Or did I forget? Matt, Matt, Matt yeah, I forgot Matt here. I'm, I'm... You forgot my 92nd pick. I'm, I'm incredibly offended, Patrick. Just yeah. because of you, I'm changing it from the European I was going to pick. Yeah, I'm making obviously. sure I pick a North American. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't pick a European. Well. <laughs> I did. I did, however, go defense. And I did dip into the QMJHL at 92 overall. I took Noah Warren. Mm. Noah Warren is a guy that I've joked about making the first overall pick because he's a gigantic defenseman. Um, now I, I don't value size as much as other people, but when it comes to Noah Warren, he also skates really well at the top prospects game, the straight line skating without the puck, he actually beat out the likes of Shane Wright and Matthew Savoy. So he's a very powerful skater. He's a little bit slower when he has the puck on his stick, but without the, uh, without the puck, he's quite fast and extremely good defensively. He's a shutdown defender. He needs to develop a little bit more offense to have uh, really good success at the NHL level. But the, the way he defends is so nasty, so physical without stepping over that edge that uh, I, I just think that he's a great addition for Montreal. They, they do need to get some defensemen. And I think, you know, if you're going for size, at least get somebody who can skate. And that's one guy who can. And yeah, just one, thing quick, uh, one, one quick thing on Noah Warren, his brother was just drafted in the QMJHL draft. Uh, he's 16 years old. He was born April, 2006. He's six foot six, 243 pounds. <laughs> Talk about, we, we talked about physical that, maturation. What, what's that? The tight end uh, lining up for, for Buccaneers to match. 16 years old, well, he's 6 Yeah, I mean, Noah Warren is, he's he's not that big, but he's 6'5", 225 at 17 years old. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's what I, that was my joke that I made in our chat the other day. I was like, what is that family eating? Like, exclusively moose meat and steroids? Like, they're just developing uh, an offensive line of hockey players over there i mean <laughs> wild yeah it's, uh, he needs to bulk up <laughs> there's also a 15 year old brother as well but he doesn't have any measurements listed so maybe next year we'll find that out yeah he won't right. be five nine and 150 <laughs> Can you imagine he used to run to the litter yeah <laughs> but he's the fastest on the skates in other ways so it's, it's probably good because he has to avoid all these guys coming in and hit him <laughs> matt i'm not gonna forget your 98th pick though so uh keep it going well i went right d with 92 so i went left d with uh 98 and i took jorian donovan from the hamilton bulldogs he's a player that i had a chance to watch quite a bit this season when i was watching um jan mishak and arbor jackai with hamilton he didn't get a ton of minutes because of how absolutely stacked the hamilton bulldogs were 
But in the minutes that he had, he fared incredibly well. He's a great two-way defenseman. Um, I really like his first pass. I like his skating. Uh, he can play in all three zones. Uh, I think that you you do need to add defensemen in this draft. I was very forward heavy at the top end there with my first, what, four picks. Uh, yeah, my first four picks were all no, my first five picks were all forwards. So I think they need to add some defensemen. And uh, I think he's one of the better ones available and he's underrated. Um, depending on who you ask, some people even think that he's going to be available even later in the draft. But for me, he was there at 98. I think that's a uh, great value to pick him there. Interesting. And what about you, Jared? Yeah, I also went right D, but I did not pick the same player. Uh, I went with Michael Fisher um a uh, u.s high school player out of massachusetts in the u.s he's committed to northeastern um so we we know we know all those connections with the montreal canadians uh he was 88 in consensus i i was looking for a right d basically since pick 26 uh and it just never felt uh, i never felt right picking somebody there so i was very happy when somebody was uh, available to me and um, I basically filtered the entire draft board by right defenseman and, and managed to pick one that was in that range. So uh, very, very happy that he's 6'2". Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, you have time to watch him play in the NCAA and, and make a decision on him. Very, you know, maybe Jordan Harris-esque. Um, you know, the Northeastern connection is there, obviously. Anton. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so with the 98th overall pick in the uh, 2022 NHL draft, I went uh, for a right winger again. Um, and I went with a right winger from the Halifax Mooseheads in the queue. Who could that be, Matt? Ah, uh, Jordan Zubet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I just took him around later than you did. Um, so yeah, I, I managed to get him at 98th overall. He had over 100 points in the queue this year. Um, Jared, uh, like basically Matt has been beating the Dumad drum uh, since the beginning of the year. So, I mean, you, you kind of have to take him or otherwise Matt is going to cry for, <laughs> for, you know, Dumas' whole career, no matter how it turns out. We want to see this guy on, you know, at development camp and we want to see him, you know, succeed in the Habs jersey. So no pressure, Jordan, but you're going to get drafted by the Habs and you're going to be a star. <laughs> I've, I've been beating Marco Casper drum since like start of this season as well and no, no one has picked Marco Casper I'm really disappointed yeah. in this <laughs> he was available first of all <laughs> if, 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 if Montreal trades to 15 I would I would bang the Casper drum um I, I would definitely if he's him. still there because I, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me right. if he is the yeah, he, he, one he, of those he, players he that can see Sider. be a more excited kind of guy where where a team okay. likes him so much that they're just going to pick him it's going to be Detroit too and we're going to be like how to do this again um, in a couple of years, and we'll be very upset because we have to play them eight times a year uh, <laughs> in the outlet division. Um, yeah, anyway. Anyways, yeah, uh, we got New York Rangers 127th pick. And uh, who do you go with there, Anton? Yeah, okay, so uh, 100, yeah, 127th overall pick I selected. Um, I went back to Russia for the third time in the draft. And, uh, uh, have, you, so have like, you been speaking to Jillian all week long? No, it just happened that, you know, a lot of good Russian players were available. It may have to do with them doing some bad things in Ukraine. But I don't know if that affected, you know, the overall mock draft. Uh, maybe it's a very advanced AI there. Uh, but I selected center slash winger Ilya Kvotchko who was, um, I don't know exactly where he was on our draft rankings, like the, um, the consensus board, but he was 72nd uh, on, um, on the EPR uh, draft guide. So uh, he's also a bit undersized. He's 5'9", 159. Uh, basically, we're going to have a midget team <laughs> if all these uh, players work out. But he's a, he's a talented guy. Um, there, there are flashes uh, of him you know, being a potential uh, second-round player or so. 
um, as a playmaking center. He, he's a smart, shifty, uh, you know, toolsy playmaker, and you can never, you know, have too many of those in your system. And uh, I just wanted to check what he did, uh, what he did this season as well. He plays for the Magnitogorsk system, and uh, he did manage to make his KHL deb debut as well. He had, uh, otherwise, he had 49 points in 51 games in, in the MHL this season. Indeed. And uh, Matt? With the 127th pick, um, I had no idea who to pick. I'll be completely honest with you. So I took Cameron Lund from the Green Bay Gamblers. Interesting. What a team. <laughs> USHL. Uh, yeah. As a USHL team, yeah. Um, I saw, <laughs> I literally saw one game of his, and it was the game that he played for the U18s, and I liked him. And, you know, I saw him on the board. Uh, uh, there was some other players that I was targeting at that point. Um, what was it? Danny Jilkin had fallen really far in that draft. And I was like, is he really going to get to 127? And he didn't. So then I kind of didn't know what to do. So I took a guy that I saw one time and liked what he brought to the ice. Are we? Have I asked everyone now for? for... No, I, I, I didn't go yet. So, uh, speaking of guys that we saw one time and came away impressed, uh, I picked at one twenty seventh goaltender Hugo Havlid <laughs> from Sweden. Mm. Uh, he had a great gold medal game, a great U eighteens. Uh, speaking um, of small guys, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say um, it's not it's not uh, the standard operating procedure for Canadians to pick a short goalie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I look, I, I just saw him there. I wanted, I, I picked every position besides goaltender at this point. Um, so I decided to pick goaltender. Um, he was, he was the top of the list. And yeah, I just, um, that was my pick. You have, you have back to back picks as well. So um, I, I use that to my advantage as well. Um, and uh, I guess we can go right into that pick as yeah. well. Uh, 128 for me uh, was Jack Devine. Um, who is a uh, forward from the University of Denver. Um, he was one of two players in the NCAA this year, uh, draft eligible, uh, the other being Jack Hughes, um, who was going much higher. Uh, so he was still on the board, 87th on the consensus board, 5'11", 172. Um, I figured there's some upside there. And, you know, like I said, you have four years to watch them develop and decide whether you sign them or not. So... Um, that was my pick at 128. And Denver is a good program as well. <laughs> yep. Uh, Matt, who did I, you I pick out of the queue now? <laughs> no, I took Jack Devine at 128 also. Again, when I got to these two picks, like I, I, I wasn't sure who to take. And Jack Devine was another guy. I saw him play, I think, twice this season and liked what he brought on the ice. And I was like, you know what? I Like Jared said, I think there's upside there, um, especially at 128. You know, you can afford to swing for the fences. So, provided the Canadians don't trade that pick, I think taking a divine there would be a pretty solid pick. Anton? Yeah, so uh, 128th overall, I uh, selected one that Jared selected a bit earlier. I also wanted a right-handed defenseman um, earlier, but I couldn't find one. But here, the stars finally aligned. And uh, for everyone now listening to this pod and complaining that I only, you know, only picked small guys, at least here I have one with, you know, pretty standard good hockey size. So I selected 128th overall right-handed defenseman Michael Fisher from uh, the U.S. high school system. And, uh, you know, he will be in Northeastern University this upcoming season. Um, he had a 50 points in 28 games for the USHS uh, prep school, St. Mark's in Massachusetts, I think. And uh, yeah, elite prospects, for example, call him, uh, you know, perhaps the most dynamic high school player they've scouted in their years of scouting. And uh, he, uh, he has a lot of tools that you like. He's not the fastest skater, but he has a good shot and, and he uh, is a good transition player and plays a physical game. So I think that drafting out of the high school system as well, like Sam Rinsdale, for example, will be someone expected to go around the end of the first round, beginning of the second. And he's probably also a bit un under scouted just because like you ex don't expect much NHL talent from those high school leagues. 
So uh, we'll see. Uh, Montreal already has had some um, selections in, in the last few years with Trouble and Jack Smith and Blake Biondi. So uh, we'll see if they go back to the well with this new regime. Indeed. And, and uh, um, <coughs> Montreal is more or less living on the stage at this point. So 130th. Yeah, I, 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 I joked about this when I saw the draft list. If they keep all these three picks, uh, we're in trouble uh, because we will have a lot of work to do in a, in a they short won't. period. They uh, won't. No, they won't. Yeah, exactly. They're going to punt know. at least one of those into next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll train for 2023. Um, at 130, I picked uh, Antonin Verro, uh, winger from the Gatno Olympic. Uh, he's a small, smaller player, uh, but I mean, I just... I like the value there. Um, if you're going to swing for home runs, uh, if you're going to, you know, look for a guy as late in this draft, um, you know, no harm in making it a local player uh, out of the queue. Uh, so that was my, my pick at uh, 130. Matt? Uh, 130, I took Jace Weir from the Red Deer Rebels. The right shot defenseman, um, lacking a little bit on the offensive side, but, uh, side, but very, very good defensively. Uh, and he moves pretty well. And at six foot two, he only weighs a, a buck eighty right now. He's going to fill into that frame. I think. I don't. I don't know if he can be like a Caden Gooley next year, but I, I see a little bit of Caden Gooley in him. I think the offense will come. And I think at one hundred thirtieth, you you take that swing for the fences there. Anton. Yeah. So um, I don't know if this is my fourth Russian drafted now, but at least he plays. <laughs> he plays in the OHL. Uh, so I selected left-handed defenseman Kirill Kuryavtsev, um, 130th overall, 5'11 and above 200 pounds already. So he's uh, he's a sturdy guy, but um, he's he, he's he's by no means you know uh, just a, a big body on the ice. Um, he is um, a smart player. He's a good activation player. He's someone who can start the attack from the back end. And um, when you're this far, I don't know if we reach the fifth round or if we're still in the fourth round we're it's somewhere the in, in there well but, yeah we're in the fifth for sure. yeah okay so uh, getting a guy who uh who may maybe could uh, could you know add some um yeah add some smartness on the back end and and become a bottom four defenseman if 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 he develops properly that's fine with me and uh, then going into the uh the sixth round at 162 um it's time for some goalkeepers from uh, Anton and Matt, I guess. I didn't take any goaltenders, man. I went right back to defense. <laughs> I took uh, Pierre-Olivier Roy from uh, Victoriaville. Um, he's a guy, like, Victoriaville was abysmal this season in the QMJHL. They got run over by pretty much everybody. But I did get a chance to watch them a lot, um, and I was impressed by him. I think, especially on a team that bad, he managed to actually stand out as being pretty good defensively despite a minus 22 on the year. So, I mean, I, I, I think at this point, like when you get into the sixth round, you, you got to swing for the fences a little bit. I, I know I've said it a few times, but I think with him, it is a swing for the fences. I don't know what his chances are of making the NHL. Uh, he may never make the NHL, but I saw a lot of things that I liked this season and um, I, I made him my 162nd pick. Anton. Yeah. So, um, which I, Russian uh, did you pick now? Sorry? Which <laughs> Russian did you pick now? I didn't pick a Russian. I picked Igor Igorshkov. I picked a Canadian from uh, New Brunswick. And hey. uh, 5'10, 190 pounds. Uh, our North American uh, chief of scout, chief of scouting, Matt Drake, recommended him. So I selected him here at 160, 162nd overall. Uh, he's uh, named Samuel Savoy. And um, He's a feisty, uh, a feisty smaller dude who uh, knocked Maverick Lamoureux unconscious, basically, uh, at some point during the season. He uh, he isn't scared to you know get into uh, into any kind of battles on the ice. He didn't have the most uh, the highest point total this season, but it doesn't matter. Um, his energy and um, you know his feistiness is something uh, worth drafting. And uh, Jared, yeah, I picked uh, defenseman Jake. Uh... Livenage, Livenavage, uh, Mr. Mr. Livenavage. Uh, yeah, I missed the syllable. Um, from the Chicago Steel, a um, little bit undersized, five foot ten uh, defender, um, plays for the Chicago Steel in the USHL. 
obviously Adam Nicholas uh, worked with that program as well. So they have a very good development program. Sean Farrell played there as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he was 114 in the consensus rankings. Um, again, I mean, I, at this point, we're looking at guys that we, you know, recognize a name and have seen <laughs> once or twice. Uh, you know, we're not as uh, well versed in these prospects as, as some of the the teams are making them. So, at this point, you you see a guy you recognize and you like, uh, you 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 try and take them. Yeah, either you've seen him play once, or or you heard someone that you trust that mentioned him in in uh, in a post on Twitter or or. Uh... Um, wrote something really good in a draft guide or something like that. It's it comes down to this at, at this level, so it's a crapshoot really. And uh, uh, still, I I, I know uh, because I was asked by Vardens uh, Gang to to for some info about one of the um, uh, the only Norwegian player in the, in this year's draft. And uh, let's face it, uh, we have to remember that being one of the top two hundred players in, in in your age group in the world is is pretty incredible achievement so so just because they're taking in the seventh round or sixth round that it's still a great achievement to be drafted and there's also a lot of players that come out undrafted and then becomes NHLer. so so even if you don't get drafted it's worth knowing that you still have a chance and an opportunity um i'm gonna get, i'm gonna ask you guys to to give both your picks in the seventh round at the same time and uh, starting with you anton yeah, so uh, 194th overall, I selected a Russian. Um, I selected Nikita Blednov uh, from the Yekaterinburg system. Um, he was uh, basically at this point, how much do you know about the players? Not very much. Uh, but Blednov was 95th on, um, on the elite prospects uh, in, in their draft guide. And, and they talked about him as a really good shutdown player, um, someone who, uh, you know, was a good four checker and someone who gets after you on the ice and i thought after all the skill that i've added during the first six rounds i could use uh, someone who actually gets after the opponents as well um so blednov uh, 194th and then of course i had to finish off with uh you know some skill again so i went with uh, a czech player marcel marcel uh what which pick is it 200 and something 216 216. Yeah, 216. You took him so, for uh, the name, didn't you? Yeah, I, I 100% <laughs> picked him for the name. I, I I was talking about that yesterday. That apparently there was an there was an Ivan Ivan a couple of years ago, and now there's Marcel Marcel. <laughs> we put them together, we can have something special. Also, for everyone you know complaining that I don't choose enough size, this guy is six four and weighs 216 pounds. So he's basically a new Arvid Henriksson for the attacking line. He's a left winger, and this season he played 18 games for Pulsion in the Czech league, and he scored one assist. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll go Jared, next. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, 194, I picked the Seminole Savoie, uh, who Anton picked in, in the round previous. Um, you know, good, small player, bundle of energy, Matt's been beating the drum, and I'm sure he'll have something to say about him uh, shortly. And uh, 216, I picked David Spacek, uh, son of Yaroslav, uh, right defenseman, uh, got that box checked again. Uh, and uh, look, 144 in consensus, um, plays in the QMJHL, father played for the Canadians. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, I'm, I'm not going to pretend, you, that, I'm, let's I'm not pretend what... that I'm like a huge expert on well, David's project. Obviously, let's, let's, let's be obviously, surprised with Matt's pick now. <laughs> obviously, Jared has been listening to the true expert, who is me. Uh, because with 194, I did pick Samuel Savoie. And with 216, I also picked David Spacek. So let's start with Samuel <laughs> Savoie because uh, Anton actually got him earlier. I don't think he's going to be around at 194. I was kind of testing the mock draft to see how far he would drop because Samuel Savoie is probably going to be fifth, maybe early sixth round. I don't know. But he is one of the highest value picks late in this draft that you're going to find. Think Bigger, more physical, nastier Paul Byron. He's incredibly fast. He's not super offensively gifted. He's more of a dump and chase guy. That's one of the problems with him is that he'll chip the puck in and then he'll go after it. Now, the, the reason that you don't really want to stop him from doing that is because his puck pursuit is hellacious. 
he can knock people twice his size off their feet and take the puck. The problem is it's not very multifaceted. And is he going to be able to do that at the NHL level? Not with the same rate of success that he's been doing it at the junior level. So he does need to try and use his speed more to carry the puck in because when he does, he can actually do some pretty impressive things. So if he can rein it in, make a little bit better decisions on that front, I really do believe that he can uh, contribute at the NHL level. I think, I think he has a very high chance of being a bottom six forward and he will have, because he has such good skating and he's so fast, he'll have the ability kind of like Paul Byron to play up in your lineup, except he's several inches shorter and about 20 pounds heavier. And it plays a very, very nasty game without taking a lot of penalties. So I absolutely love him. And I need the Habs to draft him almost as much as I need them to draft Jordan Zuman. Now for David Spacek, he got passed over last year, um, so he's a bit of an older player. So with the last pick of the draft, I don't think you can do any wrong. He has a lot of familiarity with uh, Joshua Hawaii. They play on the same power play together with the Sherbrooke Phoenix. He has a great point shot, fantastic point shot. The problem with David Spacek has to do mostly with defensive positioning. Um, I think that's something that they can improve upon. Uh, his skating is quite good. His shot's very good, but his positioning in the defensive zone is a little bit suspect. If he can work on that, he can contribute to the next level. Um, he's he's kind of the polar opposite of his father. His father wasn't super offensively gifted, whereas he is. His father was very good in the defensive zone, and he's not as much. So I think, you know, with time, he's going to mature into that same type of game that his dad used to play. And like Jared said, you know, getting a, 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 a legacy player in David Spacek, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that with your last pick in the draft. And uh, he, he's a player I like a lot, and I'd love to see him on the Montreal Canadiens. You've been listening to three superstars, Anton, Jared, and Matt, and uh, myself being the host, Patrick Bexel. You find us at Habs Eyes on the Prize. You find us on different Twitter channels, except for Anton, uh, who's uh, very smartly staying off these uh, social media things. Uh, otherwise, hit that uh, subscribe button, hit the like button, tell us in the comments what you thought about this little show that we've done for about an hour now um, we've enjoyed it i hope you have too let's uh, look forward to the real draft starting in a couple well almost uh what is it yeah 24 hours 26 hours by the time we're recording this so uh, yeah. get ready listen to this have something good that you like and uh, prepare yourself for a fantastic first day of the 2022 NHL draft. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.